All right. Well, thanks everybody for coming in today. Um, wow, so many so many folks in attendance today. Great turnout to this stand up. Usually we don't get this kind Everyone, of. There's a fire in the lobby. It's preventing anyone from coming or going. Yes, uh, Jason. Yes. Ian, Ian, we we know about Jason. Please just take a seat. Uh, but the, the the fire, it's it's like 19 feet tall. Yes. Okay. I installed a firewall in the office. There are some technical difficulties. Okay. Yes, Jason got burned a bit. I hear he's going to be fine. He's at peace now. What I want to discuss is that we're going to get the firewall handled. I know a lot of you are having trouble getting your work done. Um, Ian, maybe you could come up with a solution instead of just naysaying. Uh, um, we all have insurance. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Our insurance actually does not cover acts of God or walls of flame. So if you do end up getting hurt by the firewall today as you're trying to get past it, um, that's on you. Jason was the only one who could dispel magic. And we all miss him very much. The wake is Sunday, if you'd like to pay your respects. And I do expect you to get your work done, despite this minor fiery inconvenience. Ian, any parting words? I, I, I guess this meeting is dispelled. Travis Royals and lead designer Ian of Pills are tanking their adventure architecture firm. One failed project at a time. If you require their services, write them a letter, and they may build you one of their crappy castles. Ian. Hey, Travis, good morning. Back in the studio again. We are. And hey, that was a really great stand-up we had today. You're absolutely right. I think it's one of the best ones we've done yet. Certainly this year. I look forward to knowing what it is. <laughs> so, um, Travis, I am excited to be here. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and I think that it, it just puts me in a good mood to to design some dungeons. And I think it seems like the whole office is kind of having that that energy. Are you feeling that too? I look around and I see my employees, your coworkers, my underlings, your peers. I see them in a joyous spirit. And it at first worries me. As a manager, you're always making sure that no one gets too excited. People tend to want and aspire um, if they're a little too uh, comfortable in life. But the good news is, is that all you little buzzy worky bees seem to be applying all this effort to our, you know, little multi-million dollar company here. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it seems like everyone seems very motivated to bring in the gold and turn things around for the new year and just make it a good one. And it, it's good because I guess that retreat ended up working out. Um, The retreat? Oh, I... Paid a, a lot of money for. HR told me that you were going on a employee retreat. That th there was some sort of resort. I wasn't invited, but. Oh, I did get this 
brownie from HR and it says a treat for you. Love HR. A treat? Do you know how much those fucking brownies cost me? And Should I return it? And there's no there's no resort in that brownie, right? This isn't one of our mini shrinking adventures. I, I don't think so. I haven't unwrapped it yet. I don't know who they got to make those brownies, but they cost an arm and a fucking leg. And I'm glad everybody enjoyed it, but now I am pissed off again. Uh, well, um, would reading a letter cheer you up? Fine. Open it for me. Okay. Um, here we go. No, that's not how I would have done that. Well, you know, to each their own, so. Hello, Mr. Royals and Mr. Of the Hills. Sir of the Hills. Right, I was going to say Sir of the Hills. We have a knight here. Your podcast has inspired me to take a stab at creating my own one-shots. Do you have any advice for an aspiring adventure architect? Warning, I'm brand new to this, and big words scare me. Thanks. I'm just going to, Adrian, don't put that in there. Thanks much. Love the show. Gabby. You know, for Gabby, pretty short letter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like those ones that are just kind of short and to the point, and she knows what she wants, uh, assume it's a she, and coming out and asking for it. And I, I, I like that sort of gumption. Sure, but her parents misnamed her. Did they? Were, were they supposed to name her? She's not very Gabby at all. Oh, yes, I get it. Uh, good wordplay. Okay, you know what? <laughs> You can never say to me, I get it with such a tone. Yes, Mr. Royals. I sign your checks. Or I used I used to sign your checks when you were still getting them. We're not doing checks anymore? Not this year. We'll be doing a seasonal payment structure, and it will be delivered at the end of the year. So four seasons worth of paychecks delivered in one kind of small bag. Okay, got it. And this is kind of just this restructuring is really so that, you know, we can renegotiate that raise that we've been talking about and so that that'll that'll come forward, right? Something like that for sure. So, what Gabby here is asking is she's obviously coming to us, the finest adventure architecture firm in the Forgotten Realms. Um and she we're award-winning. Uh we've won awards. Um and she's asking us to kind of pass along our knowledge, to which I would just respond, why? Well, uh, I think that it's important to encourage the next generation. You know, this could be the next Sir Ian of the Hills, you know? What, I, I mean, like that. I mean, as a Sir, my responsibilities are very great uh, beyond just this company. And it is possible that any given day now, I could die a fiery horrific death are you out there with my insurance putting yourself in harm's way oh no definitely not i have knight's insurance as well okay good it's a separate different insurance Mm -hmm. i think the whole system is pretty barbaric but uh the insurance policy system oh no uh sorry my i have barbarian insurance Um, oh okay so 
I'm asking why, because here we have provided a whole free podcast. It's free to download to your device, tell your friends. That gives plenty of great adventures. Why Why would Gabby want to gab her way through ones of her own design? We're the, we're the best at this. Uh, already, I'm starting to feel competitive with Gabby, and that's just my business, good business sense coming forward. Uh, sure, I get that. I, I think that... Uh... I think that it probably Gabby likes the way the work that we do and mm. aspires to be much like us. I understand what you're saying. She's a fan. Great. And I guess you do give the fans what they want. And you're right. Who knows? Maybe Gabby one day, hopefully soon, is sitting in your seat doing what you do. Hopefully not too soon. I mean, I, I just got this thing warmed up. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. That chair is... Awfully warm when you leave it. I think you want to see a doctor. All right. Well, I think between the two of us, we can come up with a few tips for Gabby. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you start. What am I but the lowly president, owner, founder, CEO, and uh, highest ranking manager of the company? I think this is really a question for you as our lead designer. Uh, well, uh, th thank you. Uh, that's very generous for you to let me start. Uh, I think uh, the thing that I would suggest most is to be able to uh, know your audience. Mm. If your group of adventurers that you're wanting to design an adventure for are all goblin bards, mm. I think that you got to make sure that everyone in there is, you know, there's going to be things that are musically inclined. Uh, there's going to be lots of, uh, oily rags, um, small bits of detritus. Uh, I'm sorry. What are the, what are they using the oily rags for? Oh, uh, uh, kind of Molotov cocktail things and this general wipe grease off your brow. What kind of budget has Gabby got that she's letting these goblins burn down her dungeon? First things first, I say you invest in something that's going to last you a while. Cause that first dungeon out of the gate. What do you got a budget? What What's Gabby's budget? You think like 50 copper? Oh, I don't know. I mean, she did put your name first, so I assume she knew you. So I don't know this, Gabby. Listen, I think that's fine advice. Know your audience. But here's another way of doing that. Ignore your audience entirely. Your audience comes with their own idea of what they would like to do. That's all well and good. But you as the designer of the dungeon really have ultimate power. So whatever you want to do, even if they are bards, you know, that sounds like a, a Gabby bunch, if you will. Don't give them any opportunity to interact with anyone or show off any sort of uh, any of that hard and earned charisma, you know, all battles all the time. Just kind of pressure test them. See if you can get them to break in front of your eyes. That's or at least that's my favorite part of, of building a dungeon. Yeah, uh, that is that that would be your favorite part of making a dungeon for sure. Um, I guess kind of maybe to add on to that for, you know, like a another tip or suggestion might be that maybe you want to keep their dungeon versatile mm. so that, you know, when the group is kind of moving through it, you know, if they're not exactly hitting the adventure beats that you want them to do and finding the things you want, allow those to kind of be moved around and swapped. And that's where magic comes in fantastically and able to just move whole rooms and wings of dungeons over and right before the players. It's interesting banking on this improvisational nature of, of us, the, the dungeon designers. And of course, 
Ian and I are master improvisers. Um, but I think that for somebody in Gabby's shoes, I would actually recommend um, there's this company that I'm I'm starting. It's a it's a new startup. It's uh, called Royals Railroads. And essentially what we do is we actually build a, a track in a dungeon um, and you just kind of uh, staple or otherwise affix your party to these uh, kind of train carts that we have. And they won't have really the option of fucking with your great design. They will be forced to see whatever thing you put in X room. They can't possibly miss the key over here because at Royals Railroads, we believe adventurers are cattle. Take them to the slaughterhouse, the Royals way. Now, Travis, um, you've kind of harped on this. Uh, uh, harp is probably not the right word, even though we are talking about goblin bards. Uh, but have kind of suggested forth this idea that uh, Gabby, as a adventuring architect, uh, aspiring, that is, that maybe she wants to kill these adventurers. And I would suggest that, you know, it, it is important to, uh, while death is kind of this, you know, impermeable thing that mm -hmm. your dad can be dead. Yeah. He's still, like, he's still breathing down your neck asking you how the company's doing. Sure. I understand. Sure, yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of adventurers start with like dead parents, but then as we all know, you know, you get yourself a diamond, no big deal. Death really doesn't mean anything, so it's weird that it's always such a catalyst for you know going on to be an adventurer. But that being said, it is important to keep the adventurers motivated mm, and uh, also alive to continue to the adventures, which helps keep you in longer business to provide more dungeons for them. So you know, just wiping them off the map is not always the best way to go. Kind of demoralizes them, messes up the whole adventuring mm -hmm. economy. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely interesting advice. And on a similar note, traps. A good dungeon will have so many goddamn traps in the thing. And each one will have a completely different rule set than the last. Sure, some are detectable, but that's really to throw them off the scent of this other far nastier trap that you have lurking in the shadows. Sure, they detect the trap door and open it, but little did they know there was something in there waiting to eat them. So these are the kind of things that I think, um, oh, you said keep them alive? I did say keep them alive, but you know, traps a lot of times oh. are, you know, a great way to uh, deal with traps is maybe it's not necessarily a uh, death is the thing that happens, but sometimes maybe it's cursing them. Oh, I love a good curse. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, you should be cursing at your party the entire time. I agree with that. It's time for a short break. This is Travis Royals. I am your boss, and I'm here to tell you that the podcast needs your help. Of course, we're doing perfectly. There's nothing alarming going on. 
but we could use your help spreading the word about the show. Right now, the folks listening are my dad and Ian's mom. So if you would tell your friends, tell your dad, don't tell Ian's mom. She's already listening. Tell somebody else's mom about us. And please bring the listens to us. It helps us keep the show going and we are hugely appreciative. Here's the kind of more pain in the ass ask and that is for you to go to iTunes and review the show. It sounds stupid, but it's what the robot likes. The iTunes robot needs to see stars coming in. It needs to see your friend's mom listening. And if it doesn't, this show's dead on the vine. Except if anybody asks, it's not. It's thriving. Also, bring in those letters. Well met at crappycastles.com if you want your adventure created on our show. We love doing it. Even the ones that we don't read on the show, we do make fun of in private, and that's a lot of fun, too. Uh, okay, I'll throw it back to myself. Boy, this is fun. And welcome back. That was me. Um, okay, and I think that you've you've laid out some interesting, thought-provoking, not quite tips, but almost tips. But let me ask you this. When I was getting my my feet wet in dungeon designing, one thing I could just not for the life of me wrap my head around is everybody likes to feel like they are the protagonist of their adventure. For instance, everyone wants to have a main character moment. That's very popular right now. I'm diagnosed with uh, terminal narcissism. Um, My psychiatrist assures me it's the way I'll die. Uh, by doing something in my self-interest. So how would you, I'm in your dungeon, let's say, uh, maybe I'm with this goblin bard party. You have, for some reason, made the whole thing cater to their interests. But maybe I'm like a, uh, I don't know, animated barrel necromancer. (laughs) How will you... uh, do something that appeals to me and and my want to kind of roll around the dungeon Spilling liquids everywhere. Oh, you have liquid inside of you. Okay, well, so I I imagine you would be kind of like a barrel of fish, and my is kind of what Ooh, I have in my big reveal. Yeah, um, and I think that part of the way that you know you kind of start to explore who you are is uh, as you use up the fish inside your barrel like nature, you know, to maybe provide a bridge made out of fish to cross a chasm Mm -hmm. you know you're using up these resources right and not only does it allow you as necromantic fish barrel Mm -hmm. to cross this but it allows your party to cross as well but also you're starting to lose some of yourself by creating this bridge you know and how do you how do you start exploring that and i think that it's part of you know what they say is it's not the destination but the adventure uh was was it's uh, the fish getting there along the way it's the fish you spilled along the way i couldn't agree more however ian has fallen for one of my many uh, verbal traps and he has allowed me to be a barrel see if your party comes to you with some ridiculous request like wanting to be a kobold or just kind of wanting to be some sort of like variant human right a half anything absolutely not there are three races that players can be humans orcs 
and probably like an elf. I think that's probably that's what I'm going to limit it to. Now, why why would you limit that, Travis? Well, it's a lot of information to keep in your head. You know, as a good dungeon designer, I believe in minimalism and I believe that um every kind of person that enters my dungeon should hopefully be easy to keep track of and I don't need to make all these extra like let's say my a character came into my dungeon and they were dyslexic. What am I going to do? I was going to hold their hand through the whole thing. Not going to have any signs in there. No, the whole thing I've created a dungeon filled with signs <laughs> that needs an able reader. And I'm not going to change that just for their liking. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, if you're having trouble keeping track of all the adventures in the dungeon, may I suggest this lighting them all on fire? Oh, interesting. Okay, lighting on fire. Wait, They're, now the dungeon's burning again. You tricked me, damn it. <laughs> I've fallen for your trap. Uh, you got all those signs everywhere. Everyone knows signs, very flammable. Yeah, first things first. Go ahead, enchant your dungeon so they can't break. I think it's very important. That is really probably rule number one is the unbreakable spell across just everything in there with the exception of pottery, um, and plot points. And speaking of, I feel like now we're getting firmly into my territory, which is to say how to make a cost-effective dungeon. And I'm going to say this. Bolt everything to the ground. Pottery, sure. Let them throw some pots around. But what you don't want is an adventurer picking up a chair, trying to uh, use it as some sort of, I don't know, improvised weapon. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to look up how that will work. You didn't plan for this. Just save yourself some time. Make everything stuck to the ground in some way. Well, the you know uh, keeping things from moving is really important. And I would suggest also if you're going to populate it with monsters, don't do ones that uh, are trying to do grapple checks because nobody knows how that works. Nobody like, knows how it works. Yeah, and who is the grapplee? Is the grapplee the person getting grabbed or doing the grabbing? The grapple. The grappler, now, the grappler was my favorite hero growing up. The thing about grappling is, here's what happens in the Forgotten Realms when anybody whelms. I'm overwhelmed thinking about grappling. Anytime someone in the Forgotten Realms try to tries to grab another person, basically they freeze frame, roughly about 15 minutes pass, and then one of them takes him to the ground. It's this weird, weird physics problem that only exists in our universe for some reason. I've been to other planes. They don't have this problem there. Yeah, it is weird. There is kind of like a, uh, a, a magical effect that, frankly, our sharpest arcane minds are unable to really determine what exactly happens. But, um, you know, it doesn't even happen like when you hug somebody or anything like that. But it's just like when you grab somebody in the midst of combat, all of a sudden just time seems to just stop and go on endlessly. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that like kind of denotes the passage of time is just the, you know, flipping of like sounds of book pages echoing in your ears. Right. And the the chugging of yet another brew dog. <laughs> um, I think this is all good. Do Ian, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of tack on here? Any final notes potentially for, for Gabby here? I think we got room for, let's say, three more tips. Rapid fire. You hit them and then I'll, I'll call an answer. Uh, 
how, how does a call and answer work for three tips, Travis? Okay, here's what we're going to do. You do a tip, I do a tip, you do a tip, I do a tip, you do a tip, I do a tip, end of episode. Uh, okay, a tip for tat sort of thing. Uh, uh, hey, please don't mention your animated tattoo. I wasn't going to bring it up. For listeners of some of our previous episodes, Ian did use his bonus to get an animated tattoo, and I am looking at the thing, and it is infected. What was it supposed to be, Ian? Well, it was the Royals and Royals logo. Okay, because now it does look like a dire cauliflower, and I'm worried, and it is oozy. And have you seen a doctor? Uh, No, I haven't had time. I've just been working so much. Okay. That's good. Why don't you tap into your night's insurance for that one? Don't put that on the company card. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you think? Can you do a tip for tat? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, final uh, Final tip. Final tip number, number one. Yeah. Final tip number one. <laughs> uh, oozes are great. Use you use the ooze is what I would give you. You know, they can take up whole hallways. They can hide in walls. They can, depending on what you want to do, do you want them to dissolve flesh? Do you want them to dissolve armor? They got oozes for that. Yeah, I I, I have no tat. I've, I'm only going to join in on this tip. That is great news. If you, what you're going to do it's is you're going to want to. news you can use. You're going to head over to the Royals blog where we kind of break down. We've color-coded each of the slimes for you. And that's something that one contribution we've had to society is people were getting confused. All the slimes were the the same color. We went ahead and like the poison one's green, the fire one's red. It was getting kind of crazy. The one that uh, dissolves metal, why not make it gray? So you're welcome for that. But uh, rent the slimes from us. It's going to prove cheaper in the long run. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I guess final tip number two. Final tip number two. I think uh, absolutely not for sure as a aspiring adventure architect uh, allow no flying to happen. So if you got to turn the gravity up just a, you know, a bit to make sure that none of that's happening, uh, don't, don't let flying happening. When soon you have to start thinking in that third dimension of going up on the Z axis, it's just, it gets too complicated for everybody. And honestly, you're, it's going to be more of a headache than it will be fun. And I will go so far as to say not a drop of fucking water in the place, because as soon as you put, a, a three foot well thinking, Oh, there's no way they'll try to swim in that. Boom. Now they've made it a 30 foot. Well, they've shaped the water and now you're dealing with swimming. Same note. Do not add another axis here. Uh, I think tip number three, final tip number three, final tip number three. Yes. Uh, just add some rooms with stuff in it that doesn't mean or do. And uh, yes. And, I really thought Ian was going to lay out some stuff that I was going to have to disagree with, but this is actually the golden rule of Royals and Royals Dungeons, and I hate that you're giving it away for free. This is our pro bono show. I mean, I think that we are one of the most popular, if not the most popular, uh, adventure architecture uh, firm in the realms forgotten, and I think if that's our signature move. I think we that we're known for it. It is out there for anybody who's read my thought leadership books, uh, of which there are several. I think Ian's absolutely right. What you want is you want so many uh, hooks littered throughout these rooms that even you forget what they do. 
you know, sometimes it could be a room with just a bunch of hooks in it. Where'd the hooks come from? You'll never know. You might see so many hooks throughout the dungeon that you're like, surely at the end of this, there's going to be some sort of hook type beast. And no, it wasn't. It was a big slime. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, not a fishing adventure. We were, we were way off. Final tip number four, more fishing in adventures. Now, hear me out. I think that what most adventures could benefit from is kind of a detour session spent just rolling fishing checks. This is something I actually am just coming to now. And Ian, maybe start writing some things that I'm talking about down because I, I'm starting to brainstorm here a little bit. Well, hold on. Wait, let me reel you in just a little bit here, Travis. Um, I, I think to your point earlier, we don't want to give all of it away. You, you know, experiment with fishing, figure out how that'll work. Final tip number five. I'm just going to say. I know what you're going to say. You're, you're thinking about it and you're, you're, you're. You're trying to be tactful about it. I can tell. But I mean, it, the, the fact is, it's you got to charge an admission fee. Oh, designing uh, adventures is not cheap. I was going to say the hornier, the better, but that's pretty good, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess that was uh, six and seven. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> hey, final tip number 80. I have a question, Travis. If oh, it's okay. a horny dungeon, but there's also a lot of hooks, is that not simultaneously the same thing? Are, uh, are I, you horns have for- not just the hooks of the head? I thought you were revealing that you were into suspension play. Final tip number 80 is no one to keep it short, just like Gabby's email. And that's why I'm going to end the show. Bye. Bye. Wow. Now those were some bad ideas. If you'd like the boys to take a shot at designing your dungeon free of charge, send a raven to wellmet at crappycastles.com. We prefer letters that give us enough, but not too much. We'll let you decide what that means. If you want more of the adventures ad-libbed on this show, head to patreon.com forward slash crappy castles. Any silver you can spare is much appreciated. Original music, audio editing, and bardic inspiration provided by Adron. Find her at adronmusic.com. Our theme song is Piss Fader by Tobacco. That's P-I-S-S Fader by the one and only Tobacco. As always, Ian was played by Ian... Travis was played by Travis, and you don't get to know who I am. Till next time, keep it crappy. That's a hot one.